Hi, I'm Dr. Laura Nassi. I'm an integrative oncologist and an astrologer. Thank you for listening to my Conscious Life podcast. I hope you will find in these episodes clues to live a healthier, happier and more authentic life. And remember, be yourself, no matter what they say. The contents of this podcast are for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of your physician with any questions regarding any medical condition. I appreciate you sharing this podcast with friends and family. For more information, you can find me as Dr. Laura Nassi in my web, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube and Spotify. Hope to see you there. So... Uh, astrology and health might uh, seem like two different worlds and why uh, try to to unite them so uh, a few things that come to mind that might you might uh, resonate with and one is I, I had an excellent um, uh, workshop once with Fritjof Capra. Fritjof Capra is a scientist, a physicist and an author I'm not sure if you know of him. He wrote an excellent book, which was the Tao of Physics. It was one of the first books that uh, explained how mysti Oriental mysticism and quantum uh, physics uh, had a lot in common. So he started sharing these wisdoms from East and West and how they uh, come together in many of their uh, postulates. And um, He also uh, wrote uh, several other books like The Web of Life, which is excellent as well. And his latest book is The Systems uh, Way of Life, which I cherish uh, much. And in this book, uh, he explains again, I say again because I had heard him in a workshop, but also in this book, he explains how biology has been evolving through time from a more mechanistic way of looking at biology and thus med medicine to a more holistic view. What it means is that there were periods in, in the evolution of, of science and medicine where we were looking very much at the, at the uh, details of the cells and how they worked. And then we went into a more romantic phase um, in the sense of uh, putting more uh, also the feelings and the senses and the arts together with medicine. And for me, this, um, so, so he describes this evolution in a pendular way. And he describes how after a mechanistic uh, period, we, the pendulum goes back to a holistic uh, way of looking at biology and science. And for me, this is very, this is very uh, graphic. And, and I really feel that we're going from a very mechanistic period. We went with technology, we were able to learn uh, the most uh, infinite uh, details about the, the cells now with uh, molecular biology. And, you know, we, we can not only say what, what's the name of, for example, in a cancer, what's the name of the disease, but uh, as I say, it's like, uh, Uh, we can describe each type of cancer with their first name, their last name, and all their family names that come behind. So it's like uh, with these details of markers and that, that we can obtain through um, pathology and molecular biology, we were able to understand the differences between, uh, between different uh, cancer cells while they may appear the same 
uh, at the microscope, but how they are different in their molecular markers. So this is this is a mechanistic view in the sense of we were able to um, see the body as a as a machine, uh, and this is what the mechanistic uh, uh, paradigm uh, says: it's uh, seeing things as a machine and then dividing them into smaller parts and being able to describe the smallest part of of the of the whole and thinking that then we can put them all together. So in medicine, we, we were able to see the, the very details and now we're able to understand the very details of um, not only the, the cancer cells, but all, obviously of all our cells and how they reproduce and how uh, the substances they produce and the chemical uh, actions within each cell. And, but it's, it's much harder for us to understand how everything is coordinated at the same time in a human being that is living a life and thinking about something else. So this, this uh, putting all together, it's uh, very much uh, difficult with this mechanistic view because clearly we're not machines and we cannot be divided into parts. We are uh, a, a multidimensional being with a body, but also with, with other dimensions are mental dimension, our cognitive dimension, our emotional dimension, our social dimension, and our spiritual dimension. And uh, all these different dimensions in, in us are interacting all the time. So for example, if I'm, uh, if I'm uh, caught by some preoccupation, by some worry, and I have this thought that uh, keeps coming back in my mind, and because of that, I cannot sleep well. Then the next morning, uh, I might be tired and irritable and have problems uh, interacting with others. And, and that might uh, make me want to binge on sweets. And then, uh, then I get, uh, uh, get some, uh, gain some weight and then I feel bad with myself. And so you can see how um, all the different dimensions are interacting each one with another. It may start uh, with just a thought, but it might affect my uh, my habits, and then my my body, and then my uh, relationships, uh, and my self esteem, and the way I uh, conduct myself with others. So everything is connected. We cannot separate one thing from another. So in this sense, um, I really believe that we are coming back to from a very mechanistic uh, way of looking at life and coming back to a more holistic uh, view of medicine. And holistic means that apart from the, the more technical uh, wisdom from, from medicine, we're starting to understand that art uh, can also add to our treatments, like uh, when we use music, uh, music therapy or dance therapy, for example, or any type of expressions and how these tools may be also medications for us, uh, can also alleviate our pains and can also uh, help us in regain our health. So we start seeing that the, the border between medicine and art becomes a little bit more fuzzy, that it's not two separate dis disciplines. And in the same way, obviously how psychology, but also a lot of the mind-body work that is being developed and there's wonderful techniques being um, proposed in, in different types, in different parts of the world, uh, like somatic experience, like bioenergetics, like there's many, many um, approaches into uh, treating our psychological uh, issues 
or our uh, emotional issues, more from a mind-body uh, approach. So that also comes as, um, as one of the tools that we can use in medicine as a therapy. So again, there's not uh, the, the division or the limit between medicine and uh, psychology or body work uh, starts getting fuzzy again. And in that sense, I propose also that astrology is one of the disciplines that can uh, bring a lot of wisdom and can interact in medicine and bring a lot of um, uh, a framework to understand what's the context uh, uh, of that person, like not looking only at the disease, like many times medicine does, because it focuses, uh, Western medicine focuses on disease, but uh, also looking at the whole person and how that person is living and how that person is um, uh, behaving inside, how he or she, how uh, her or, or, or his thoughts uh, work inside or how he or she deals with emotions. So um, in this way, I think that astrology and the reading of the astrological chart, uh, reading it in um, uh, more from a humanistic astrology perspective or an evolutionary uh, uh, astrology. I'm not talking about predictive astrology, about uh, trying to say from the chart what is going to happen with a person, because I don't believe that all the clues are in the chart. The chart can give us some uh, idea of what's the climate that will come for that, that person, let's say in the year, whether it be uh, a year with uh, challenges or, uh, so it's like if it's gonna rain or it's gonna be a cloudy year, but whatever that person does with that, uh, in that climate, it depends on the person. So there's uh, some part of free will that will also affect what's gonna happen. Uh, um, or what experiences uh, that person will have to to live during that year. So in that sense, it cannot be completely predictable. When one can say, okay, this year you may have a sense of, or you may have challenges of some type, but then what that person does with the challenges, it, it depends on the person. So whatever happens, it's not only depending on what is read in the chart, but also how this person uh, uh, decides to, to live these experiences. So um, again, uh, looking at astrology more from a humanistic, a psychological, an evolutionary uh, a, a tool, then we can understand the energetic uh, blueprint of one person. And by energetic, I, I mean, how, how is that person constituted? Is it a, more of an earthy person? Is it more of a fiery person? Is it more of a mental, airy person? And I will be talking about these and sharing with you what I've been writing for my uh, upcoming book, Let the Stars Guide You Back to Health. I will be talking about this uh, different uh, element composition and how it might uh, affect us and how we, uh, it's important that you understand our element composition to live a life that it's according to who we are. So in that sense, and because we're closing um, a year of, uh, excuse me, a month of uh, a moon in Aries, uh, if you remember three weeks ago, we got together uh, uh, and I proposed to start thinking about the months um, uh, according to what's the what's the melody of the month, and this uh, month that it's closing the eleventh of uh, 
of May, uh, and I'm referring to the lunar month, the lunar calendar. So every four weeks we have a new moon. And uh, the last new moon was in Aries, which gives us all this month to think about Aries and all its facets. And we talked about um, the Aries being the, uh, the archetype of uh, the, uh, the vital force within us. And we talked about uh, our own wish and our desires. And we talked about, or we mentioned briefly about the warrior archetype that is related uh, to, to Aries and the ruler of Aries, which is Mars, which uh, according to the Greek and the Roman um, traditions, uh, it's Mars or Aries, both are the archetype of the warrior. And in this sense, I want to um, close this month uh, before the next, next week, we'll, we'll talk about the next new moon in Taurus. So we'll have a whole month to talk about Taurus. Um, but closing this month of Aries, thinking about the energy of Aries, um, I wanted to bring uh, to you uh, some something that I've written for, for my new book. And it's about um, uh, relating to this, connecting to this warrior inside and connecting to expressing our wishes and our desires and how it, it is important for health. Because what I find, one of the um, characteristics I find in people that get sick uh, one of the characteristics that may be present is uh, people that are over adapting all the time to circumstances. So people that are not, uh, are not expressing their wish, are not connecting to their own desires, and people that are always uh, pleasing others, uh, this type of people, people pleasers, that they're fantastic to be with because they're always pleasing you and, and they're always making your life uh, easier and always there for you if you need them and always helping others, but uh, always putting their own desires behind. And this is uh, why I connected to this month, because it's so important that we really connect to our own desires and express them. And this is, this is Aries uh, energy, to express our wish, to express our desire, to, to, to go for, to, to, come, to come out and go forward for what we wish. And um, so people that, are, that repress this wish and that uh, always put everybody else's wish before themselves, they, uh, they may, be, they may uh, look from the outside like they are living a very nice life and a very, um, very well socially adjusted life, uh, but inside they are not happy and they, they may even get sick from this in the sense um, that they, are, they may get exhausted uh, pleasing others, taking care of others, doing things for others, and not taking care of their own needs. So this is an important part. So what I've, um, what, how I describe these people in, in, in my book, it's uh, people that adapt easily to every situation. Plans change and they adapt easily, and that, that is a good quality. The problem is when we're doing that all the time and we're never expressing what we need. So um, over-adapted people are people that adapt easily, that are people pleasers. Uh, we see them as, uh, many times they, they, we can see them as um, 
or they are uh, they are thought of uh, being good students or good uh, good kids because they they are very proper they do everything uh, uh, as their uh, uh, parents and teachers and everybody wants and they never rebel or they never express what their own wishes are so they may be very comfortable to to live with uh, they look like a nice person they're reliable um, but if you ask them what what are your needs or what are your desires, sometimes it's difficult for them to say, oh, this is what I want or this is what I need. So if uh, while I'm talking, you're sensing that this, you may have some of these characteristics. You may be someone who's adapting a little bit too much uh, for others. Um, think about it. Think whether uh, this is uh, being healthy for you or not. Um, nowadays, we are living in, in the Western world, we're living in this very demanding society. So we are, we are in the midst of demands from every, every type, no, not only uh, work uh, demands, but family demands, emotional demands, uh, demands from society to look and feel like everybody else or to have this and that, this car and that house or whatever. It's all demands. So if we live just satisfying all these demands, especially if we are in a society where we are demanding to, uh, it's a very, very much into having and uh, owning. And uh, so, so we may be like striving to earn more, to buy more and to, uh, to, to be more like uh, everybody else. This might be very, um, may, might be very uh, um, uh, strenuous inside, might be very uh, demanding inside. And that creates a chemistry of stress inside. And that's not a healthy, uh, a healthy sensation or a healthy uh, chemistry inside of us. So, um, uh, it's even more important nowadays when we have not only the normal demands, but we have the extra demands. And uh, these times that we're living with this global pandemic and uh, everybody has uh, some relative or person, acquaintance or someone that we know that had got sick or it's needing a little bit more help. So it's very easy to fall into being there for others. And I'm not saying it's a, it's a, it's a bad um, uh, predisposition. I think it's 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 actually a, a very nice and and uh, and loving uh, thing to be of service of others. But also think about yourself. Think about in order to be there for others. Think about what you need. You need also a good night sleep. You also need to have a good time to 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 nourish yourself, some time to relax, do nothing, or do some uh, hobby that you like doing. So um, it's uh, very honorable to be there for others, but think about also what you need, what your needs are, and um, uh, be aware of also saying, being able to say no whenever you are not uh, available for, or you're not in the mood for, or uh, for an invitation or something that they ask you to do. So what I um, propose uh, also in my book, that if you feel that this type of over-adapted resonates with you and you feel like uh, you may be one of those people that it's always adapting and not uh, honoring their own needs and their own wishes, 
um, so some of the tips to, to start learning is uh, precisely to learn how to say no, learn how to say, I'm sorry, I'm not available for this, or I'm not, uh, this is not the time for me to, to, to be there. Uh, I'm needing something else. I'm needing to be at home and to be uh, resting, or I'm needing to, to go for a quiet walk or uh, uh, cherish and honor your own needs. So learn how to say no without regret without feeling guilty, just uh, honoring yourself. Lear learn how to, sell, uh, to set healthy limits. So for other people's demands and expectations, again, saying no or uh, saying you're not available. Make a list of what you really enjoy and what, what really uh, lights up that, that uh, vital spark within you, what keeps you alive, what keeps you uh, in, enlightened, uh, ignited, ignited. Uh, so if it's dancing or chanting or going for a walk or going to nature, just do more of that. Put that in your agenda. Don't forget to, to, to honor those uh, moments, those uh, practices that really ignite you, that, that connect you to who you are, that, uh, that uh, allow you to express and to, to, to irradiate that fire you have inside. Uh, that, that flame of yours that you are. So again, review your agenda and your schedule and insert more of these joyful experiences in your daily life. And um, keep, keep time uh, for yourself in your schedule for, for yourself uh, and keep time, keep free time. It's, uh, we're living a very demanding um, period and it's uh, important that we also keep flexible so that we don't put too many things in the agenda, that we, are, we, uh, we feel flexible and free uh, enough in order to change plans if things go uh, in a way we are, we are not predicting or we have some, un, um, uh, so, some uh, news or some, um, uh, something we were not planning, unplanned uh, uh, situations. So, uh, in order to avoid further stress, because if we have a very tight agenda, then it's very difficult to, to be free and change plans. So just keep only the important parts in your agenda and then keep your agenda quite flexible and free to, to be able to adapt to whatever comes. And um, engage in some creative activity, uh, some activity that allows you to express yourself. To, to again to irradiate that that uh, essence that you are so writing or chanting or um, dancing or painting or uh, drawing all expressive activities are very important especially in times in the times that we are uh, living uh, uh, under a lot of stress we get to we tend to get more automated and just do 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 and and uh, check uh, our checklist uh, so um, allow yourself to have more of these creative and free time expressive time um, and and of course it's always very helpful to to work with someone to help you uh, start uh, um, identifying when you are over adapting or when you are uh, really um, uh, getting out of your way for other people's needs and not cherishing yours. Sometimes to be able to talk to someone who, who can coach you 
uh, to go uh, to start doing these small changes in your life uh, might uh, help you to get uh, away from this over adaptive type of uh, life and uh, more into a more genuine life more something that it's more authentic more healthy and uh, happier for for you so um this is what did i wanted to share uh, with you in this month of the new moon in aries uh, to connect to that uh, internal desire to that that your wish your desire your needs and be able to um, honor them uh, to live space leave space for for them and uh, to also ponder them when you are expected to be somewhere else or expected to do uh, something to also prioritize your needs and your wishes and it's a very uh, a very honorable uh, way to be of service of others but don't forget about yourself please don't forget about yourself it's very important that you take you honor and you love yourself so with this, I would like to um, say goodbye and we will see each other next week with a new moon uh, in Taurus and we'll be talking about uh, this new energy. So a new month to come, uh, a new energy to discover, uh, new um, parts of yourself to discover, to cherish, to express and to love. So have a great week.